Welcome to the Party with Lance podcast. Starting the party in three, two, one. Here we go. Hello, yes. Welcome back to the Party with Lance podcast. Yes. Hyped up. Got the coffee. Is it too hyped? Is this too big of a start? We don't know. Uh, once again, as always, thank you everybody. Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, a lot of people listening that I um, blown away by. So uh, I appreciate that. And if you're new to the pod uh, or if you haven't yet and you enjoy the pod, uh, if you would like to rate it and review it on iTunes, that would be most cool. Uh, also, I'm on all the things as always at Party with Lance. And that's where I usually put a lot of my shows, uh, and I'm in New York a good bit here uh, coming up. So yeah, look out for shows on the social media, at Party With Lance, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, you can go to Facebook, same thing, or PartyWithLance.com. So appreciate that. Um, I was just listening to the radio, a little scary, this, um, what is it, the coronavirus, I guess, in Wuhan? Um I guess I just heard on the radio that they have three cities, I guess, on lockdown or travel lockdown. Pretty scary when you think about it. I was talking again to my friend Matt yesterday. We were talking about like, you know, like global travel. It's like everyone is kind of like, you know, if one city somewhere gets something, it's like it's only a matter of it's already here, basically. Right. Think of air travel, train travel, uh, a boat travel, but particularly airplanes, I guess you might you might say. It's pretty scary if you think about it. You know, uh, if something happens in a city somewhere, doesn't matter where it is. Let's say Brazil, and they find out right now something happens in Brazil, and uh, like people are already on a plane from Brazil to everywhere, basically. So let's just say the U.S. Let's say Atlanta. Atlanta's a major hub, right? Uh, the busiest airport in the world, I guess, by passenger volume, it is. I think uh, O'Hare, uh, Chicago's O'Hare, might be more actual flights uh i believe atlanta that was busiest by by number of travelers doesn't matter whatever in any air any airport if anyone flies from brazil to uh like if they discover something in brazil it's already on its way let's say i live in new york it's already on its way here pretty scary this virus when you think about it or any virus really and um yeah i don't know also the world is huge if you think about it i uh, I you think about like like it's Chinese New Year um, or it's like coming up or happening like that's how little I know about it um, which is huge there's billions of people that celebrate all this stuff and I know very little about it um, the world the world is just so huge when I think about how many people have different life experiences than what I'm living it's it blows my mind you know and I guess I was listening to the radio they were saying the Chinese New Year like this is a big deal this virus because people like can't visit their families because of the lockdown or people aren't visiting don't want to visit or hesitant whatever so uh, I you know the, I don't know the world is is so huge uh, and there's so much more that I need to learn that I would like to learn and uh, just mind-boggling that there's so much going on but but also that you know we are all connected, so it's like this virus is scary because, you know, it, people are on planes right now. Literally at this moment, it doesn't even matter when you're listening to this. There's people on, on planes right now, and that's just airplanes, going to places because uh, it's 24-7, right? The globe is 24-7 air travel, so the stuff's going everywhere. Um, you know, hopefully it's contained and whatnot, whatever. Also, I've been watching the news, right? we got the impeachment stuff going on. I think this is the end of our political system as we know it. 
watching this impeachment stuff, I don't think it's ever going to be the same again. Uh, the fact that you know it's so partisan based and it has nothing to do, in my opinion, with actual facts. Facts are there's a president, whether you like him or not, who has uh, you know. Uh, as far as I'm, uh, can I'm not an expert on this stuff, but just a little I'm following, you know, like some of the Ukraine stuff, it seems, I sound like an idiot talking about this, but I don't follow it that well. And there's so much to know. How can anyone really know unless you're in politics? And even then there's too much to know, you know, it looks like, you know, he used things for his personal benefit. He tried to withhold money, which I guess perhaps is taxpayer money, U.S. taxpayer money. Uh, to benefit himself for an election, which is insane. And if any anybody can't get behind that, and even Trump, I was reading there was an article him saying something about you know he can he he had said or a video even they used I guess against him where he was saying I can do whatever I want like um uh like that's insane. So the fact that uh these facts are 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 not being are, are being like like the Republicans are like standing up for the party and like fighting for the party. Our political system, I'm I'm hypotheticizing. Is that a word? Man, could I sound dumber? Um, not sound dumber? Even that's dumb. Um, it's the end of our political system as the way we know it. Because if Trump, if this goes through, that's it. Now, the, the, the Republicans are just going to have their party be there. And then going forward, they're going to, Trump's going to win again, or they're going to somehow cheat him in there, keep him in there. Then what's real scary is after two terms, what's going to happen? Is it going to become uh, like a dynasty? Like is Trump, uh, uh, Trump Jr.? What is that? Uh, there's Eric Trump and then there's Donald Trump. Is it Donald Trump Jr.? Is he going to be the next president? You know, like because it's just going to be they're going to keep it within that thing. I'm just saying right now we've lost like we're losing the political system that we've had is never going to be the same going forward after this. Um if if Trump is not taken out of there. That's my own personal thought, belief, whatever. I can't predict the future, and you can disagree or agree with my thoughts, but I don't think it's ever going to be the same again. Just looking at the way it's going down, that politicians are... I mean, the, it, it, what he did was insane, illegal. They're saying, you know, one of the arguments is that it was a security issue. There's a million, million different little arguments within this whole thing, um, but I don't think it's ever going to be the same again, uh, which, honestly, maybe in my opinion, short-term might be a bad thing, uh, but long-term may be a good thing. I mean, the fact that we have only two parties representing millions of Americans, what I don't know how many Americans there are. Uh, I don't believe it's 400 million yet, but I, I do believe it's over 300 million. Let's just say 330 million, something like, uh, if my brain, last stat I've ever seen. Maybe it's, you know, it's changing every day. Um, how can just two parties represent all the interests of people? So I actually think the U.S. is too big. Um, I think it's, it's too, too large. I'm reading this book, Sapiens, that I had talked about in the previous podcast, and uh, it talks a lot about um, as things get too big, they kind of, they can only sustain for so long or under certain conditions. I honestly just think the U.S. is too big. It's too many people. Our land space, like geography alone, is too big. There's too many different interests. I like those maps that show that the U.S. should be broken up into uh, several different states. Or different, like um, like territorial kind of regions. Like the South is different. I currently live in New York City. I lived here, I guess, coming up on 14 years. I lived in Washington D.C. before that for three. So I've been up this way, you could say. Whether you, I mean D.C. might say is a middle, uh, you know. Um, but I've been. I, I grew up in deep South, South Georgia. So compared to that, I've been up this way 
for 17 years. And I grew up my first 18 in uh, Georgia. What am I, 36? Am I missing a year there? Um, give or take, right? Maybe it's 18 and a half, 17 and a half, whatever, however that math works out. But um, it's different. The South is different than up here. It just is. And then I've also been to California. Parts of that are different. I've also spent time. I've been all over the country doing stand-up, right? Uh, the Pacific Northwest is different. The Midwest is different, like Indiana. I was, you know, in Iowa recently. Like, we got too many people, and, and or, or how can two parties just represent all the people we have? That's I think that's insane. And I think uh, maybe in the long run, it's a good thing if we break up this political system because it's, it's, it's also clearly not working, right? Just the way it all, this is what I was talking about with my buddy Matt yesterday. Um, you know, uh, there's so many people working so hard, and this is more his words than mine, I guess. Um, you know, but it's uh, a few billionaires have all the, the things, and then everybody else is just getting kind of screwed over, and, and everyone's behind, or... or not playing catch up financially or, or whatever. So I don't know. In the in the long run, maybe it's good that we break up this thing and the the way this system has always been. Have I gone to the gym or meditated? The answer is no. Uh, I really need to get it together, man. Not meditating is just stupid. Uh, not checking in with yourself is stupid. Waking up every day, going right to the internet as a lot of us do. You know, maybe you're in bed and then you go lay on the couch, or you just lay in bed, or you sit at the kitchen table. Right to the internet, the news, uh, what text did I get overnight, what emails did I get overnight, what Facebook messages did I get overnight, um, what Instagram stuff is happening overnight. It's so stupid. The, the dumbest way you can wake up, I, I believe one of the dumbest ways you can wake up is to get up and go right to your phone or your computer or your iPad or whatever, however you do it, and just and start looking at stuff. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid for the fact that, like, you're not giving yourself even a moment, your brain, you're just bombarding your brain immediately, but you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh, what if it's something for work that I need to look at, or what if someone needs something or something, it's like, dude, no one does, you were just asleep, hopefully, seven, eight hours, you know, maybe six, five, whatever your day was like, or your life's like, whatever, but let's say even five hours, another 10 minutes, it ain't gonna make a difference, let's say someone wrote you an email at 3.30, which that's a whole other story, Ain't a lot happening between that 10-minute difference in getting up and giving yourself 10 minutes to collect yourself out of sleep, you know? Um, it's kind of like, think about, like, warm up the car. Let's say, you know, if you have a car and it's wintertime, if you live in a cold place uh, and you live in a house or something, right? I live in an apartment. But but if you were to live in a house in a cold place, you got to heat the car before you get in. It's too cold. It's frozen. You got to go out there, start the car, or maybe you have a remote, you can start it. I don't know. Start the car, warm it up. You got to get the engine moving, get the heat on the inside going. Like, we got to do that with ourselves. And I'm an idiot because I rarely do it. And that's probably why I sound jacked up on this podcast all the time. One, one of these days, maybe this will be a calming, soothing podcast that can put you to sleep. Perhaps it puts you to sleep now. I don't know what, what, uh, what does it for you. So, um, also the gym. It's just been so cold. I've been lazy. This is a hard time of year. This is, in New York City, this is the hardest time of the year. Um... Uh, the worst time of year, I actually really don't, well, I don't know about the worst, but the time I really don't like is December 20th or so through like January 5th or 6th because everything just shuts down. There's so much travel with the holidays that it feels impossible to even do anything. It feels impossible to get anything done. A lot of things close. There's weird hours on things. People are traveling with family stuff. And I guess all that's great, but it just to stress, December 20th, until like January or whatever is hard. Also, that's when the, the weather has kind of changed a bit, like really started to get kind of cold. A lot of people are getting sick. A lot of people are getting in fights with their family. 
Uh, all the shopping stuff is is insane around that time. Also, the days are shorter, just the actual sun, and then it starts to get cold. So that's depressing. Like, December 20th to January 6th is a very hard time of the year, or uh, one of my least favorite, I'll say. But but now, we're really in it. It's January, um, you know, it's it's like mid-late January, so this is when it really starts to hit in, in, in New York, because um, it's just cold, and, and I haven't been to the gym, because it's just, it gets depressing, man, to get yourself, it's hard to get it going, that's all I'll say on that, I, I don't know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and go uh, in the next day or so, perhaps, and, and get myself back on track, but those are some things I, I need to get going. Uh, pick of the week, let's go with music pick of the week. I've been listening to, recently, the last couple of days, a lot of the Dixie Chicks. Uh, I forgot about this band, man. They're fucking great. Uh, they got a bunch of songs. I've been listening. I, I'm one of the guys, or one of the people that listens to a song on repeat. I don't know if people do that. I think a lot of us do if we like a song. But I, I will literally listen to the same song uh, all day if I'm working, you know? I put headphones on, or I'll, depending where I'm at, I'll just, I will just ha- listen to this, literally the same song on repeat. Two Dixie Chicks songs I've been listening to on repeat. They have the songs, and I guess these are some of their more popular ones, I think. Uh, Wide Open Spaces and Cowboy Take Me Away. Uh, amazing songs. I forgot about how great the Dixie Chicks were, and I think I might actually try and... Uh, I believe they're still on tour. I was on their website, but I didn't see a ton of dates, but it looks like they maybe had uh, one or so. So they're still they're still doing it. Um, uh, that's how out of the loop I am on that, but uh, I'm going to try and maybe see them when they come to New York or New Jersey or something. Uh Cause I mean, they're I forgot about how great of a band they were. So Dixie Chicks, check them out again. You know, because uh, most people know about them, I think. Also, I, I gotta say this: uh, I'm going to start trying back to my morning routine I had years ago, where I would get up and meditate for ten minutes and then listen to a song that made me feel good. Man, it's amazing what music what music will do for you. What it what it will do for your attitude. I'm blown away that like you could be having a horrible day. You put on one good song you love, it will immediately change all your all your attitude about everything, give you a boost, motivation. And I got to remember that more because it's like we all, you know, I talk about it a lot. I think we all get bogged down, stressed out, and, you know, and then you get tired, you get depressed about whatever. And then it's like, dude, all it takes, you just find one song, especially if you already have it, like, uh, queued up, ready to go, right? Like on your iPod. Is that a thing? iPod, people, or I guess people use their phone. Whatever it is, you, you know, you got it queued up. All you do is hit play. It's a pretty minor. Maybe the key is to when you feel good to have it on the ready to have those songs on your player or whatever. So all a feel good playlist even, um, you know, because when you're down, you're down. So, but when you're up, make the playlist for when you hopefully never get down again. But you're a human being and you're probably gonna get down at some points because that's just the ebb and flow of being human, being alive. So when you're feeling good, maybe that's the encouragement this week that I'll give even myself. Um, have a couple songs at the ready, you know, all you need is one or two, you don't need 30 songs on a playlist, one or two songs that are upbeat, make you feel good, and have them at the ready, so, uh, that's that, also, man, I wish I was in a band, just watch, like, music videos, and they show, like, clips of, like, how cool would it be to be in a band, you know, maybe you're listening to this, and you are in a band, uh, here's what's crazy about bands, though, I heard this stat one time, that the lifespan, I don't even know where I heard this, the lifespan of a successful band, successful band, is five years. That's mind-boggling. And then I, I just started thinking about, like, trying to keep a band together. I cannot even imagine how difficult that, that would be. Like, let's say you got the Dixie Chicks. What is that, three people? Let's say you got seven people in your band, even just three. 
you're on the road traveling, people's interests changed uh, in your band, someone gets married, now they've got that, they have like a romantic interest left at home when you're on tour, and that's if you're getting to tour, and you know, ideally tour in big places, but these might be a little rock venues, bars, lounges, like let's just say you're doing big venues, you're traveling, your person's at home, and then your other band members are meeting people on the road, they're dating people, now you got people in other towns that, so... And then people are like, well, I'm kind of done with music. I'm not feeling it anymore. We've been doing this seven years. I'm ready to move on, settle down and wherever and have a family. And I could not even imagine the stress of of uh, trying to keep a band together. But I, it seems so cool, doesn't it? It seems so glamorous. I think why, why it seems glamorous to be in a band, too, is that we all just work so hard. It seems like the ultimate, like, fuck off, like being in a band, it's like, I'm not living anywhere. I got a home base somewhere. Let's just say it's Nashville, right? A lot of bands out of there. It could be Austin, whatever. I'm based out of Nashville, but we're on the road nine months of the year. And I'm just I'm just traveling with my friends, hanging out, playing music, rocking into the night. And it's a it's a fantasy land. Uh and that's all I mean, that's also why I like stand-up comedy, because for for the time you're on stage, it's a fantasy land. Here's a play world we've created. This system of people sitting and facing one way and watching one person do their thing. It's like, a, you know, anything. A play, a theater, a good movie. It's like, this is fantasy land. And, it's, and it can take us out of our problems for a bit. So I think, being, I think a lot of us like being in a band because we just see it as like a run from all the problems we have in, in, our, in our own thing. But I don't, you know, uh, being in the entertainment, it's not as glamorous. I know for a fact, I know some musicians. And I also know it's just not as glamorous as you think it is. And this is a point, too. A lot of things are not even remotely as glamorous as you think they are. You know, the music industry, like I was just talking about, it's got to be so hard to keep a band together. I'm in stand-up comedy. It is not the glamour that I thought it would be. I started in college, and I was, uh, you know, hosting on campus in these in a big theater we had there. It had, like, it sat like 800 people, uh, 500 up top, 300... Wait, uh, 500 at the bottom, 300 up top or so. I believe it was around 800. And I would host a bunch of events in there because there weren't a, a, a ton of comedians on campus. And I literally thought, like, when I graduated, that's what it was. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Why don't I just keep doing this? Turns out, it's not. I moved to New York, and it's just, it's open mics with no audience. Literally no audience. It's like 10 comedians, 15 comedians, maybe 30 comedians. And that's, and it's like, it's just not what you think it's going to be, and then it's years of that. Everyone's career progresses differently, but it can be years of that. I probably did open mics, uh, and I'm talking about six to seven nights a week, three or four a night, like consistently, for about nine years. Um, too long, uh, I'd say, in hindsight, to do open mics that much, but I just wanted to be good. Um, people, Maybe you see my acting and go, well, maybe you need more open mics. I don't know. Um but but it's not as glamorous as you think it's going to be, you know? And, and here's the thing, too. I've been, I've been obsessed with, for the last couple of years, I don't know if obsessed is the word, but I'm just highly curious, rather. I love, I, I, the thought of living in a van has uh, crossed my mind more times than I might have thought. thought. Um, I, I'm constantly watching YouTube videos of people like, you know, van life, um, or like living in tiny vans, or you know, sprinter van conversions or like, uh, uh, you know, the thought of, for some reason, just being off the grid and like cooking your own little meals right there and like being at a campground, I, I'm like, I could do that, I think. I, I don't, I don't know. You say that. Here's the thing. It looks glamorous when you watch the video. You're just seeing their video of their cleaned up van and where it looks awesome and it's sunny out. 
No one tells you like six months in when you're just alone in the van uh, or even with someone. It doesn't matter. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. You're like, what am I doing? I got to clean out my septic tank now. Or, or now I got to, maybe you don't even have like a, a, a bathroom thing. So you got to like find a bathroom. It's not gla- as glamorous as it. I, I just want to highlight this that things aren't always as glamorous as they can seem. Being in a band, being a stand up comedian, I'm just doing this podcast alone. Uh, I do this podcast because I hope I hope it's entertaining for people and gives people a, a little break from their own life. But like I do it because I want to tell jokes. You know, if you, if you get big numbers on the podcast and then you get followings, then people come out and see you. Like I want to tell jokes. Instead, it's me sitting alone talking in this, uh, doing a podcast, which I like. But it's I I wanted to be I just want to do stand up comedy. Like everything I ever do, it's just so I can get back to stand up comedy, writing, acting, producing. Any of these creative projects, making stupid memes on the internet, Instagram stuff, it's all literally for the one goal on that I want to do stand-up comedy. I want to be on a Friday night, a Saturday night, I want to be the act, I want people to come out and see it and hang out or be one of the acts of a few people and I want to tell jokes and I want to make people laugh in that live experience. That's why I got into this, that's what I want to do, but there's so much more you have to do as a comedian. My gosh, it's it's 90, I'd say 95% not being on stage. It's emails, it's Facebook messages, it's social media stuff, it's YouTube channels, it's doing podcasts, it, it's promoting stuff, it's it's constant, and there's a lot of political bullshit, just as there is in any field, uh, but uh, there's a lot in this field for the fact that like there are no real like regulations of anything, right? Like someone opens up a comedy show in a restaurant in central New Jersey, and they've never done comedy before, and they're they're mean, and they but you somehow get on the show, and now they're yelling at you, and they're talking to you about how comedy should be done, even though they've only done it twice at their restaurant. It's like there's no standards in this business. So, and I'm not even really that upset about it. I'm just saying I'm I'm highlighting that like things aren't as glamorous as you think they're going to be always. And every business has the politics, but this business in particular, there's no real standards for things. Like if you're a doctor, what do you got to go to? College, med school, residency, uh, train under other things. Then you're a doctor. Lawyer, same thing. College, law school, I guess pass the bar. or, or Then you're a lawyer. Then you work, you know. There's a million jobs that like a real estate agent, you got to pass an exam. You got to do all these jobs. You need certificates, um, you know, regulation type thing. Stand-up comedy in the comedy field, no regulations on any front. The people booking the things, the venue things, comedians, anybody can just start doing it, and then now you're a comedian, so you just end up with a lot of uh, tough... There's a lot of tough situations in comedy. There's there's a... No matter... Here's what's crazy about comedy, and or entertainment, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll look... Probably same with music, I'm sure, uh, as far as I know, right? Um... There, you end up with like a lot of weird situations and tense situa- tense situations, like and people that don't like you just because you're dealing with a bunch of like all kinds of people with no regulations. So you can't go through the entertainment. I don't even know why I went on this rant. Oh, I'm just saying things aren't glamorous as you think. You can't go through through the entertainment industry without some people not liking you. Uh, it's just the nature of the field. You can be as nice to everybody everywhere you go, kind, on time, professional, funny, whatever. There's going to be people that don't like you just for the nature of you dealing with all kinds of people. And that's in any field, really. But I think it's highlighted maybe a little more in the arts just because it's it's kind of like a free-for-all of just, like, what's happening. Um, so, point is, I don't think van life is probably as glamorous as I think it, it would be. I don't think being in a band is as glamorous as I think it would be. Because uh, I know for a fact 
that stand-up comedy is not as glamorous as I thought it would be going into it, even though I love it. I love telling jokes. I love making people laugh. It's not as glamorous as I thought it was going to be. So things aren't as glamorous as we think they are a lot of times. That's, that's just a note to take away there. Okay, what else are we going to talk about here? Oh, so, uh, here's an interesting question. Uh, is this art, you know, this podcast? Um, you know, what is a podcast? It's, just, it's someone or multiple people yelling into microphones and then other people listening. Is it art? Uh, I, I guess it's art, you know? I'm going to say it's art for the fact that uh, I think everything is art. Everything... Everything is artistic. Everything is creative. You know, if you're a chef, that's, my gosh, how creative is that? Where you get your ingredients from, how you prep them, how you display them, how you put them out there at temperatures, at, you know, that's, a, my gosh, the, the way it looks, the way it smells, the way it tastes, the experience created around it, candles, a tablecloth, certain silverware, dishes, plates, whatever, the, the lighting, the, you know, all that is, uh, the music in a restaurant, all that is an experience, an art, you know, so is art an experience? You know, what about, I guess, accounting? Could it, like, accounting be art? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It, but, but no, I guess it is. There's an art to how you do it. Even that, because it's like, you know, if you're a sloppy accountant and you're messing, there's an art to being skilled and craft, craftful and calm and good to your customers and, uh, and not stressing yourself out too much, but making sure you get the numbers done on time. And there's an art to it. So, I'm going to say this podcast is art. Everything is art. I believe everything is art. You know, being a mechanic is art. Making sure the car is looking good and working good and properly in the right part. Almost like being a chef. I don't think being a chef and being an auto mechanic are that far off from each other. I know they're vastly, you know, kind of different. But, like, you're creating a thing with parts, putting it together to make an experience good. A car run good. A meal be good when you're, when you're going to have it. So... I don't think being a chef and mechanic are that far from each other. I think both very artistic. I think everything's art. Everything's artistic. Everything. A lot of times when when uh when I cheers, I don't really drink that much in general. But when I you know I have a couple beers a week here and there. When I drink and people toast, you know you're just at a bar or whatever, and people toast or at a house party, whatever. I always cheers to the arts. I go to the arts because to me everything's an art. So I think it's kind of inclusive and nice because whatever someone's into. Um, it's an art. So I think it, it's a nice inclusive thing to let everyone know that like, you know, to the arts. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all I have on that, man. What are we else? What else? Oh, speaking with art though, maybe this is like a little bit of, uh, a side tangent topic art. You got to have style. Let's say that. I think about this a lot in skateboarding. Um, there's, uh, People that just, and there was a big debate in skateboarding way back when, I guess, like between Tony Hawk and Christian Hasoy. Uh, obviously, people know Tony Hawk um, as, you know, probably the most well known skateboarder um, to the mainstream, at least, you know, unless you skateboard. But he's, he's, the, he's the mainstream guy, right? Tony Hawk. Christian Hasoy at that time was also a huge skateboarder. Um, and Tony was known for being very technical, very almost if the word is statistical on his tricks, that he just got them done, but people didn't think he looked cool uh, so much. This is, I've, I've seen like video, I watched YouTube clips and stuff about this way back when. Christian Hasoy, he, he was known all style. He would skate with his shirt off. He would tuck his t-shirt into the side of his uh, like shorts or whatever. And then he would do vert ramps and he would fly off vert ramps 
and he would do these things called Christ Air. That's like one of his big moves. Or, or uh, I guess maybe did he have a Hasoy Air? Um, Christ Air was one of his big moves, though. But he looked so badass. Um, and you were kind of, and from when I was watching this video or reading things, you were kind of either in the Tony Hawk camp or you were in the Christian Hasoy camp. Um, and, uh, and Tony Hawk has gone on to do, and Christian Hosoi got involved with some drugs, and I believe he had some jail time, and now he's, uh, a born-again Christian, he does church things, still skating like crazy, um, which is super cool. So, but, 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 uh, I don't know, I like Tony Hawk a lot too, but I, I really liked Christian Hosoi and his style. Um, so let's just say even when you come to art, there's, things can be done statistically, you know, even basketball, like, you can be making a lot of shots, but there's something awesome about having style, you know? Like, my favorite basketball player of all time is probably, uh, probably Allen Iverson. I, there's, I have a few different ones I like, but Allen Iverson had so much style. Like, there's been players better than Iverson. He was, a fan, first of all, a fantastic player. Um, but, you know, players better than him, players on his level, but his style was so cool. Just the way he would come down the court, he was quick, he was smooth. Kobe Bryant was pretty smooth, too, in my opinion. And uh, I, I, I like, I love things with style, man, more, almost more than like statistical, whatever. And you can even take this into stand-up comedy. You know, there's a lot of comedians, there's so many kinds of stand-up comedy. There's people that just like, I guess, uh, get the jokes done. Like they formulaically work. They are, their jokes and they're, I, I'm hesitant to talk too much about this because I don't want to rip anyone's style for multiple reasons. One, it's this anybody that's just getting on stage is unbelievably hard. And also, a lot of these are great styles. I'm just going to talk about the style that I prefer. I prefer style with, uh, you know, more personality based comedy, maybe. And I'm not even saying I do that, you know, but when I'm watching comedy, there are certain comedians I feel have so much personality that they bring to the stage. Uh, and it's, and they have jokes as well, but the style of, who they are, what they are. Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians, and I think it's because it's not so much his jokes; it's because because you see him and, and his his angster, uh, his angst, his anger, who he is. His we we feel like we get a sense of who Bill Burr is, um, even though his jokes are great as well. We get a sense of his person, I guess, is and that's my favorite comedy, and I like style. So I'm just gonna say I, I love style. So when it comes to like. Tony Hawk versus Christian Hasoy. Even though I love Tony Hawk, I think he's awesome. I'd love to meet him. Um, back in that day, the style that Christian Hasoy had was amazing. And uh, I just think whenever you do anything, you, like being like accurate and statistical is good, but style takes it to another place. It even take it to like a relationship. If you're in a relationship, someone hits all the boxes uh, statistically. You, they're attractive. They're smart. They're you know whatever the things you're looking for in a partner. But then it just, it didn't flare with you. Like, their style, their personality, it just doesn't work for you. So, but then maybe style is subjective. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Everybody gets hit by something different, you know? Some people like country music. Some people like rap. Some people like rock and roll. Some people like pop. I, I don't know. So, maybe style is subjective. Maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to say off that off Tony Hawk. Um... Tony Hawk style, oh man, there's another point, but it has now escaped me, but, you know, was it really that important, what was I even talking about, oh, it just came back, isn't it crazy, where does that go in your brain, where you forget something, and then now it's back, you know, like, did it go somewhere, did that thing in my brain just go somewhere, and now it came back, or was it like always there, and I couldn't find it, but why couldn't I find it, it's in my brain, 
I don't know. The human mind is uh, unbelievably fascinating. So when I was talking about Bill Burr, I will say this. One time Bill Burr told me I was funny. This is years ago before he was as big as he is now. Um, I was doing a show at Caroline's, a prom show. Caroline's on Broadway. Uh, they would do these prom shows where after prom, kids come to the show. And I think it's a way for parents to have their kids from getting you know too involved in drugs or sex or, or bad things after prom, drunk driving, whatever. So in New York, they will like limo them in or bust them in after prom from Long Island, Jersey, you know, wherever, um, upstate, I don't know, it could be anywhere. So these prom shows late at night, and I guess Bill Burr had been headlining that night before, and he was just like hanging around at the bar or, or drinking or just watching a show. I got off stage, it's early in the morning too at this point, because you got to think it's after prom, it's a weekend, I don't know, what is it, 2 in the morning, 1.30, and Bill Burr came over to me, and this is before he was as big as he is now. I mean, this has got to be, my gosh, seven years ago? So was it 2020, 2013, 2014? I don't know. Maybe even maybe even long. Oh, that sounds about right, time-wise. And he goes, hey, man, that was really funny. He like, came over to me, and he was like, that was really funny. He goes, I couldn't have done that. I think he had, he had like one or two specials out at the time. So he was like starting to get his rise that, you know, up to where he is now. He goes, hey, man, that was really funny. Like I couldn't have done that because the prom shows are notoriously hard. You got And the kids are drunk, a lot of them. And they don't care about the comedy show, right? They're on their dates, and they're you know they're seniors in high school, so high school kids, juniors, seniors in high school. So think about high school kids, right? At late at night after the thing, they didn't care less about the comedy show. Most uh, a good chunk of them, some of them enjoyed it, right? But so he can't, Bill Burr comes up to me, and he goes, "Hey man, that was really funny." He goes, "I couldn't have done that at, at like when I was doing prom shows. Like I couldn't do that." Uh, or, or like what you did was he, he phrased it in some way, like, Hey man, like that was, I, I couldn't have handled that the way you handled that. No, he didn't say, he said, he goes, I couldn't have done that when, when I was doing prom shows or like, that was better than I had something along those lines. And here's the thing, when you do comedy, it's so hard as I just talked about that. Like when you get those from, uh, I, I, I don't know what we say, the gods, uh, you know, Bill Burr's a, a god or a legend in our field now, you know, he's as high as you go, he's, as far as the craft goes, whether you like his comedy or not, he's a fucking beast at the craft, he, but again, I was just talking about style, maybe you don't think so, but he is very good at the craft, and when you're coming up, and, and like, it's so hard living in New York, you're living with roommates, you're living in neighborhoods you maybe not, don't want to, you don't have any money. You're trying to figure it out. It's you're throwing relationships away. All your friends are moving on, getting married, having kids, buying homes, getting cars, second homes, good vacations, and you're doing none of that. To have someone like Bill Burr come up and say, "Hey, man, that was like really good the way you handled that," and I couldn't have done. Dude, those stick with you, uh, maybe forever. They've stuck with me. Like I've had a few instances like that where I've had, you know, in my field, people that like. I, you consider the, and I think we all need that encouragement, but like, man, when somebody like Bill Burr says, hey man, that was really good what you did up there, dude, that will keep you going for like two years of, uh, if you had just two years of bad shows after that, that'll keep you going forever. Um, so, and I've had a few other instances like that too, you know, where, uh, you know, at, at this point, I've been doing comedy so long, I've gotten, uh, you know, I've gotten to be friends with a lot of people I used to look up to. And I feel like I'm regularly working with them and getting nice words of encouragement, even if it's literally a one sentence from a big comedian, like, you know, uh, these famous comedians that you'll, you'll perform with them and go, Hey man, that was really funny. Like, and you could tell they watch and they genuinely like, Hey, that was a good bit about whatever you're like, Oh my gosh, like it is so needed. Um, and I try and do that with people I feel like are below me. Maybe if I see something that I like, um, and below me, I mean someone newer, you know, it doesn't mean funnier or less funny or whatever, but 
if you're two years in, I'm, I'm about to hit 15, right, of just doing stand-up. I was doing improv and acting before that. I'm about to hit 15 years of stand-up comedy and a very aggressive 15 years. Like I said, nine years of open mics, six, seven nights a week, three, four shows a night. So I'm about to hit 15 years, and I'm still, I've slowed down a little just because I'm doing other stuff, like this podcast, some more acting stuff, more auditions, more projects, more writing things. Um, but I'm still heavily out there doing it, right? So if someone's like two years in, three years in, and they're, I'm, I'm 36, if they're, you know, 24, 25, 27, let's say you're 26 and you're two years in and I'm at a show and I see something that I think is good, I'll try and give a little boost. And who am I? I'm not a Bill Burr. I'm not famous. I'm not, but I know, uh, and I won't say it. I won't, if I don't think, if I don't like it, again, what's my opinion? But if I don't like it, I won't say anything. I'll, I'll, first of all, anybody that gets on stage at all, I'm like, man, great stuff. Because I don't give I don't give a shit if you're just bombing horrifically. Just to get on stage and you're trying, you're progressing, you're working at it, I'm always like, man, kudos to you. That's huge. So I'm always blown away that anybody's getting up there and doing it because I know how hard it is and I bomb all the time, less frequently than I used to. But um, it still happens, part of the game. So when I... I will give encouragement uh, when I see something I like that I'm like, man, that was funny. Man, this person's funny. They're 26. They're two years in. I'll I'll say I'll be like I'll be like, hey, that was funny. Like that bit you did, like that was really funny. Like that made me laugh. Like, and I think those carry weight because I know they carry so much weight for me. And if they don't, whatever. It's still nice to hear when you're new. You need them, you know. And we all and we all need encouragement from time to time. I'm even even about to be 15 years in. I still need encouragement, man. You know, I'll have bad days slash weeks slash months where my comedy's not going right, my personal life isn't going the way I want, my career's not going the way I want, my health isn't as uh, optimal as I would like, you know, I haven't worked out, I'm eating poorly, I'm tired, I'm drinking a little more than I should, you know, um, so I think we all just need that encouragement from time to time, so... I'm going to try and maybe encourage, that's another thing maybe I'll, I'll put on myself that I, you know, I don't ever follow up with any of these in uh, future podcasts. Uh, you know, I say I'll do them and then I don't usually follow up with them, but I'm going to try and maybe give some more encouragement to people because I think it, uh, I think we all need it because I need it. So that'll be the encouragement I'll, I'll put out for the week, you know, try and encourage somebody. And a lot of times people need it and we don't even know it, you know, so, because I know I need it and sometimes I don't look like I need it. Uh, sometimes I, I absolutely look like I need it, but um you know, sometimes even when I feel like I'm confident or, or I look confident maybe to the outside world, I'm not. So I could use that boost. Um, and I think we could all use that boost. So that'll be the encouragement for this week. Yeah, did we get anywhere in this podcast? I got no idea. Uh, I hope it helps somebody. So I hope I hope something was good. That's I, I say this about the world. Like, I get depressed because there are so many problems, especially when you read the news like I was talking about. I want to help. All I want to do is help people. It might not look like it always because I get wrapped up in my own bullshit. All I ever want to do is help as many people as I can and then die. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it. But I don't know how to help everybody. I get wrapped up in my own problems. And also the world is – I get overwhelmed, man, just reading the news, talking to friends, seeing uh, social media posts. Like there's so many issues. I don't even know how to how to uh, broach it. So talking about encouragement, like I need it because sometimes I just get down because I'm like – I mean, I don't even know how to begin. I don't even know where to start to help, um, you know. Uh, but I guess I guess the way I start is just trying to be. I try to be nice to people in my social or, or in my social interactions in my in my day to day world. Like I don't respond to a lot of emails, texts, message. I just because when, whenever I'm, if you and I go to lunch, I put my phone down. I try not to look at it, and I flip it over so I don't see any 
notification lights because I want to be present with you. If we, you and I have an hour at lunch, I want to have that hour to, uh, what's going on with you? What's up? What's happening? What's, and then you turn your phone over after lunch, you got 10 emails, three texts, you know, seven Facebook messages. What is a million LinkedIn? There's a million, million platforms now for us all to be hit on, hit up on things. So I don't get back to a lot of people because I just, cause then I'm on to the next thing. Now I got to go do my next thing. And uh, while I'm doing the next thing, 10 more emails come in, right? So by the end of the day, you got all these emails, texts, messages, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I don't know how to respond to them all. And I think a lot of us feel that way, maybe. But I try and just, uh, the talking about the world being so overwhelming and so many problems and trying to help, I try and just be kind to my everyday interactions to a cashier, uh, a garbage person, uh, uh, a waiter, a waiter, or waitress at a, a restaurant, um, people on the subway, random people, the coffee person, you know, I, I try, so it's not perfect, um, and I get angry too, you know, I'm not always, uh, I'm in my own head, so I'm not nice to people as I should be, but I try and, I try and, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to fix world hunger, I don't know how to fix, you know, this uh, virus thing going on in, um, what is this, the coronavirus that I talked about in, in Ch- I don't know, China, I don't know how to fix that, I don't know what to do with that, I don't know how to fix the political system that's happening right now, but I do know that when I leave my house, and if I go to a deli and get and get something, uh, a pack of gum, I can say what's up to the person working there. And that person might be Muslim, white, black, gay, whatever. There's a million scenarios. And it doesn't matter. If I, the point is, hey, what's up? How's your day going? What's going on? I can give a little there. So And maybe that person will be a little kinder, nicer, more upbeat mood. And then the next customer, they have a better interaction with them and a butterfly effect. So that's when I get so overwhelmed with the world and I don't know how to help, I try and bring it. Uh, bring it back to local, uh, local help or local key is I get, you know, you got to remember it. Cause I get in my own head about my own stuff. So I walk in to get that pack of gum and I'm mean to the person cause I'm in, I'm in a rush. I'm tired. I'm upset about something. So, um, bring it local, I guess is, is, will be, will be the thing there. So that's it. Thanks everybody as always listening. If you like this podcast, uh, if you want to rate review it on iTunes, that would be the most read also social media again at party with Lance. Thank you guys. Uh, uh, thanks everybody so much for listening. It's it's been super cool, and I I'm really getting a kick out of seeing on the stats because it, it tells you where people listen all around the world, and I'm blown away. I don't even know people in half these places. Even in the U.S., I'm seeing all these cities. I'm like, who are these people? And I guess those people are you. Uh, you know. So I appreciate that. That's real cool. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the Party with Lance podcast, and have a great week. You know, let's do it. These weeks keep coming. Let's make this one a great one. All right. Peace out.